Welcome in to Slapshot Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app. It is tonight's first regular season edition of Slapshot Radio. We're going to take a look at the first week out of Preds action and take a look at the week ahead with Sharks Radio play-by-play man Dan Rizanowski. That's all tonight on Slapshot Radio, brought to you by Day One Sponsor, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Our good friend Carter Church from Whitecart Realtors, the Andrews Group, your real estate expert in Murfreesboro. And, of course, the newest members of the Slapshot Radio family of advertisers, the largest wine and spirit store in Middle Tennessee, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. And, of course, our good friends at Lazy Boy Nashville Furniture Galleries with three locally owned and operated locations in Middle Tennessee. I'm Paul McCann on Slapshot Radio. Our co-host, former NHL coach and player Brent Peterson. Brent, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And... The host of the Preds watch parties. You you see him with a flag on the ice, uh, and you know, and he hasn't busted his butt yet. I'm very proud of that. The one and only Zach McCann. Well, thank you for guaranteeing that tomorrow I'm slipping and falling on exactly. the ice. Really appreciate that. That's where it's going. So, um, guys, we're underway. Two games in for the uh, for the Nashville Predators, um, and a couple of surprises, or maybe not so surprises. Dallas with an zero and three start. San Jose with an zero and three start. Um, you know, Winnipeg should have an 0 and 3 start. Kind of got lucky on that one, you know, on the one win. Um, the Central Division is not looking as strong as we kind of thought right off the bat. I mean, it's a granite, it's a small sample size, but when you look at uh, you know, Dallas starting 0 and 3 is a surprise. Oh, for sure. Uh, Dallas, I thought they'd be right up there. It's only three games, but when you do go 0 and 3, it's tough to go three and zero right away, and you're playing. Everybody's got tough competition. Like the other night, uh, I was really upset because we didn't play our best hockey, and we had to to beat Detroit. Detroit, I know they're two and zero, and they had a great game last night at home. But you gotta beat those teams while you got them because That's, yes, sometimes uh, Winnipeg's and them are gonna play Detroit and beat them, and we have to get it. We gotta get the, those games that we really need. I don't get it. I mean, this team is one and ten. In their last eleven against the uh, against the Detroit Red Wings, it's like death, taxes, and losing to the Red Wings right now. You know, I uh, as a guy who has a lot of friends from Michigan, I'm sick of it, frankly. But because uh, I'm sick of hearing it, uh, they're talking about charging us rent with how much they own us at Bridgestone Arena and anywhere else right now. But you know, I'm not much of a betting man. But next time we're playing the Red Wings, I'm throwing a mortgage. I'm throwing everything on the freaking Red Wings because boy, that's the only way we're actually going to beat this team. Is if I stand to personally lose from. So. Uh, that's a good possibility. So, you know, <laughs> I think we need to do that right now. But, I mean, when you look at the first two games from this Nashville Predators team, and, I mean, granted, again, we're talking about a small sample size. But when you're looking at the Predators team, you got to really like what you're seeing from an offensive perspective here. And you got to be a little bit concerned on what you're seeing from the blue line. Yeah, very concerned about the blue line. But the offense with Duchesne's line has been great. Oh. Joey's line's been okay, and the other two, Kurt Turris has played well, and the other two two lines have played pretty well. Had zone time, had lots of chances, couldn't bury him. A few guys couldn't bury him, but I'm a little bit worried about the other end. As soon as the puck's turned over, we're coming back hard, we're working, but we're not doing the right things. We should be going to people, taking the body, don't look, you know, have your, have a guy stick and those kind of things, and we're just not doing it, and they're scoring at will. And I mean, five five goals and two goals is not bad, but it's still. 
I think we're a better defensive team than we're showing, and I think we'll, it'll come out tomorrow night when we get we get we got to play a little bit. You don't you so. don't sit back and and not play hard. You still forecheck. That's where these guys people don't understand. When you forecheck, you're playing in their end, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be playing in your end less. Like I know we're 91 percent or something on the offensive zone and all those different stats and that. But we have to make sure that we take people in front of the net and they don't give up two-on-ones and three-on-ones and things like that. The analytics, Zach, I mean, you look at you look at the, you know, at the data and you look at this Nashville Predators team, you can't be upset at the amount of zone time, the face-off win percentage. Uh, I mean, a lot of the things that you see from the, you know, from the, uh, you know, the fancy stats show this team, you know, doing some really, really good things. Well, by every metric, if you get even average goaltending on Saturday night, that's a win, honestly. And that's certainly a point of concern. But, you know, in my 22 years of watching this team, this is the first time I think I can confidently say that this is a more potent offensive team than defensively. I think you're, you know, after looking at what we saw out of, especially out of the Duchesne line, I mean, the Shane line was dangerous every time they touched the puck it in looked, both games. It looked like a power play every time they were out there. That's how dominant that line looked, just from an eye test perspective. And the thing is, like, you do want to give credit to the defense. One person who I think has been an unlouded hero so far, Dante Fabro has stepped into P.K. Subban's shoes and revitalized that second pairing. He's allowed Matthias Ekholm to just go wild, and he has looked spectacular. So far in these two games, yeah, the only time uh, Ekholm's looked better was when PK was hurt the last couple of years, and and Eki's, yeah. been, Eki's been great the last last two games, and he, he's just a great he's a great kid, and he's a big guy, and he, he he's tough. He doesn't take anything from anybody. He'll give it right back, and mm-hmm. that's what we need. We just need uh, Ellis and Yossi were really good against Minnesota, and they're so so against mm-hmm. uh, Detroit. Yeah, they're minus two. And the yeah. third, the third, the third unit had real trouble the other night, and they 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 got to get it together, but. You know, Dan Hamus is a quality player, and, and whoever's a quality player, they like them both, and they just got to play a little bit better, especially when they're out there and end up out there against uh, number one lines. They, they got beat twice on two of the goals were on the, they were on the ice, and and maybe it was a face-off or something. They had to stay on the ice, but they got to do a better job when they're out there against top lines, and top lines have been taking advantage of them. Especially from a speed perspective. Exactly. And I think that's what that's what we saw on both goals that were given up on uh you know on w- when the third pairing was out there is that they couldn't match the speed of the uh, of the Red Wings and because of that their positioning was exposed even more and make no mistake you know not to take anything away from the Detroit Red Wings that top line that's one of the premier top lines in the well, league they had four right last now. night again you know Mantha had four goals last night right. right now the entire line has 16 points in two games it's yeah, ridiculous they're playing, they're playing really well. that, that's 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 pretty good yeah not too shabby yeah, not too shabby but honestly kind of circling back to the defense the thing I've noticed about Matias's at home at Ekholm's game right now, he looks mean on the ice right now. He didn't take any scuff from anybody. He's just been <laughs> bullying people right. out there, and that's something that this team has kind of lacked for a while. P.K. Subban was a great pest when he was here. He annoyed other players, and especially in the playoffs. Ekholm is bullying other people out there right now. Yeah, he's kind of going and taking some lunch money, enjoying himself a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and you can see him uh, you know, I use the term in my blog on HockeyBuzz.com today, I use the term unleashed. And you really see where Ekholm knows now that he's kind of the offensive force. He's the one that gets the pinch in. Fabro's got to stay at home. And even, I mean, and you look at the 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 way that Fabro has been playing. I mean, honestly, the, you know, 
you look at he's he should have a goal by now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because he's just got that wicked slap shot from the point. You, you see that happening, but they're not counting on it. No. And that's the thing that I really like about it, because it seems like, especially in the top four, you're seeing more dynamic offense from that top four versus the, you know, pass down low, dump in, dump in, pass out to the point, slap shot. I mean, you're seeing a lot more movement out of this defense right now, especially on the power play, especially in the offensive zone. The only thing I'd like to see this team change from an offensive perspective is you're still seeing a lot of chip and chase. This team is now talented enough up front to where they should be carrying the puck in and not surrendering possession immediately. And I understand that Laviette likes to play kind of that tight forechecking style. Sure. This team doesn't have to do that anymore. They have the skill players up front to where they can actually make plays and dominate that offensive zone because when they have the puck they look dominant so well, if, they, if they go with speed you're right they they have enough talent up front that they can do that but sometimes teams are are standing up and, and Detroit did a great job it was their first period of their first game it was our second game and right they came out and they were up in our face right at the red line and we didn't if we didn't chip it by and we turn it over there come back the other way we must have had 10 turnovers in the neutral zone mm-hmm. and we couldn't get through the neutral zone so they were coming at speed and we were backing our defense off if you if you just chip it in and you don't have to dump it in, you just chip it in and you go get it. When teams stand up on you, when they don't stand up on you and they back in, you can go with speed, send a guy through the middle, another guy comes over, and it's a it's a one two three pass and playing. But they have to make sure that they make sure they make the right choice. Like if a guy's up on your face, you don't try to beat him one on one in the neutral zone because it goes back the other way on you. Right. So you got to make sure you you get the puck by him. If there's room to go with it, then you go, and that's what happened. Duchesne has got the puck all the time. He's getting in the zone. He's setting. To, he's turning. He's making quick stops, rounds, making good passes back to people coming late. That's what you need to do when you have when you have time. It's it's fascinating to watch this because, you know, when when you're looking at, I mean, I want to briefly get on the power play. We've only got a, a few seconds left in the segment, but uh, the power play is also. Looked better, better movement, better puck movement, better shot selection. I mean, look, there's only been one goal in you know in, in, in two games. I'll take a power play goal every two games. But it's an important goal. Oh, Victor yeah. Arvidsson has, what, 124 goals in his career? And that was his 12th power play goal of he, all that he scored. And he matched his power play total from last year. Well, that's the thing. When you have a player like Duchesne who can serve those pucks up down low, it frees him up to take those shots from that slot area. And that's so important for a player of his caliber. Uh, We're just getting going here on Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025. The game streaming on the Game Nashville app brought to you by Cool Springs Wines and Spirits and our friends at Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries, three locally owned and operated locations in Middle Tennessee. And of course, they have been with us since day one of this show. The premier sponsor of Slapshot Radio is Drs. Jane Bacon and Aileen Kruger over at Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Man, what a great staff. A comfortable environment. You know, if you don't like get going to the dentist, this is the place to go. HDTV's in every room. I mean, you know, when I go out there, they have the NHL network on for me. It's really, really good stuff. They do make it a lot more comfortable to get your dental needs taken care of. And if that wasn't enough, they offer all the latest in dental technology, including in-office whitening, even sedation dentistry. Check out their website at webrightensmiles.com or call in for an appointment at 615-872-7762. That's 615-872-7762. Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, We Brighten Smiles.
Back here on Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hey, I do want to talk to you about one of the newest members of the Slapshot Radio family. It's Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Now, I know you've heard the Lazy Boy name for as long as you can remember. Lazy Boy is known the world over for inventing the recliner more than 90 years ago. But Lazy Boy is much more than one iconic product. From upholstered sofas, love seats, chairs, and ottomans to solid wood bedroom and dining room sets, Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries is passionate about bringing comfort and quality to every room in your house. And you know the interesting thing, I never knew this until just a few months ago. There are three locations in Nashville. They are family owned and operated. It's a local Nashville family that owns and runs them. You'll meet the owners when you go into the store or a member of their family. And not only that, most Lazy Boy products are made right here in Tennessee. You can shop local, you can buy local, and support your fellow Tennesseans by going to Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Three Middle Tennessee locations, Cool Springs, Hendersonville, Murfreesboro, and go by and see my friends at Lazy Boy Furniture and tell them you heard about them on Slapshot Radio. And oh, by the way, they're real big Pred fans too, so you need to get over there. And you know, hey, every... uh. Every game I watch, I watch from my Lazy Boy recliner, and I love it. So, back to it, and we're going to jump out to the phone right away because we want to preview tomorrow night's game here on Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025 The Game. And we bring to you uh, the mellow, dulcet tones of the radio voice of the San Jose Sharks, the one and only Dan Rosanowski. Dan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, thanks, thanks for uh, putting the visual in my head. I'm just all curled up here. Wanting to jump in my lazy boy. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know, I had I, heard, now I'm not sure, but I had heard maybe that you might have been hanging on a pedal tavern this afternoon and waving, you know, kind of waving a hat and going, woo. Is that true or, or is it just a rumor? No truth about it. No, I didn't jump off of anything to try to impress anybody and get a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Table crashing went awry with the uh, uh, some of our friends that came in from Buffalo over the weekend. And boy, I think How the about uh, that? I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. And, and the fact that that has gotten like 1.2 million views on Twitter is also amazing. I thought it was a fine performance art piece demonstrating the Titans' offensive line that day. I thought it was really, it's, really nice. It's very true because they certainly <laughs> did fall flat, no question. So, Dan, um, you know, gosh, I, I, I that's perfect. Uh, that's a perfect lead-in because falling flat yeah, is. There's a segue for you. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody expected an 0 3 start out of the San Jose Sharks. Well, nobody did it. There's no doubt. Nobody in the dressing room certainly did. And uh, so, obviously, they're not a happy bunch at this point. They want to make sure that they get everything together. Sure, they missed Evander Kane. I think he was a critical piece that was missing with a team that is slightly getting redesigned this year in the way that they play. So that was probably part of it. But, uh, but I think that, in general, they just weren't happy with the fact that they got outworked by uh, – a bound-for-revenge Vegas team, obviously. And then mm-hmm. they went into Anaheim and played their third game in four nights with the back-to-back and travel. And those aren't excuses, but Anaheim really worked hard, too. So this is something that they're going to have to put into tomorrow's game against the Preds and make sure that they're prepared. And, and I, after the practice I saw today, I'm pretty sure they will be. On the line with Dan Rosanowski, the radio voice of the San Jose Sharks. And I got Brent Peterson here. Brent, you got a question for Dan? Hey, Dan. I, I just wondered uh, how – I know that they were up against the cap for uh, Pavelski. And that, how much has he missed? Like he's, he, he seemed like a, a leader and a, a great player. How much is he going to be missed? Is there anybody on the team that's st- going to be able to have to step up for, for you to, 
to fill a role that he's done for years for you? Well, listen, Brent, as you know, Joe Pavelski is one of the better leaders in the game. And so um, it's pretty obvious that they're going to miss his presence in the room. He was able to uh, to work through all sorts of different types of people that, that uh, you know, populate the Sharks dressing room. It's a pretty eclectic group. And Joe was always that guy that was always there to keep a, a stable center, to make sure that everybody was feeling happy and going in the right direction, pulling on the same rope. And I think that Logan Couture is prepared to take on that role as the captain of the team. I really do. I think that he's really, as a player and as a person, um, developed a, a great deal. And, of course, when you have people like Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton and, and, and many Patrick Marlowe years before that, players of that nature within the organization, you've got a culture of not only winning but also a culture of developing leaders and and living and, and breathing and, and acting the right way around around the team and, and when you're not around the team. And I think I think Logan Couture is, is that guy that, that, that can step into that. But he's not going to do it by himself. Right. He still has people like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and, and Joe Thornton on the team that he can really rely on. Mark Edward Vlasic, another guy that's been around for a lot of years. So these are all people that are going to have to, to, start, to start pulling the weight on that leadership department. But, but let's not forget this either. You have people like uh, uh, like Tomas Hurdle, and you have Timo Meyer, and you have Kevin LeBanc. These are guys that are coming off of good years that need to pick up the slack, as you suggested, uh, in the goal-scoring department, because Pavelski's 38 goals are definitely going to be missed. So I think it's a combination of all of those things. And as you know, when you have such a drastic change in many respects uh, to the leadership part of your, your equation – along with developing young players at the same time, what you have is you have a situation that's going to take a while to sort of congeal properly. I, I don't think anybody thought this was going to be simple, but, uh, but still the Sharks expect to definitely be in the conversation amongst all the top teams by the time the season finishes up. And as we all know, we just finished up a year in which the, the Stanley Cup champion was in last place on January 1st, so anything can happen. <laughs> the rallying cry of every team that's struggling for the next eh, probably decade, I would say, is going to be that St. Louis Blues that's story. <laughs> so, Dan, I'm sure it's a question you're sick of getting and you're sick of answering, but Martin Jones and the goaltending situation in San Jose, what is going on? Well, I, I don't have any problems with the goaltending right now. I think that they they, they looked at what they, the way they prepared for last season. One thing that they wanted to do is they wanted to make sure that Aaron Dell gets a few more games. And that's part of probably what they want to have. And, and in doing that, I think Deller felt that he had to change the way that he trained in the summer. And he has. And he, he's coming to camp looking and feeling really good. He's energetic. Uh, Martin Jones. I don't think anybody has a problem with him. I mean, you go back to game six against the Vegas Golden Knights, when he had to win a game, had 59 saves, they won in double overtime. Uh, I, I just don't think that that's the biggest issue that, that the team has at this point. And in fact, last season uh, was another season of adjustment in that area when Eric Carlson was in the lineup and he had to adjust to the minutes, and then he was out of the lineup with injuries, and Martin Radim Shimek went down with an injury. So I, I think everybody wants to look at that save percentage and say that Martin Jones's career is on the decline. Well, it isn't. I, I just think that uh, that everybody goes through that sometimes during the course of their careers, and I, I think that people largely have total faith that he's going to be just fine. Yeah, it's it's always tough when you've got that the, those first three and everything gets looked at under a microscope. There's no question about that. But you know, one of the things that I'd I, I'd like to get with you on though is. Is the the budding rivalry 
between the San Jose Sharks and the Las Vegas, uh, excuse me, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, this is kind of getting kind of getting a little bit spicy pretty quick there, Dan. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't you just love that? I mean, I know Brent feels this way too. You love to have that that uh, that team. You love to hate. You know, the the heart starts pounding when you when you see their uniforms, when you walk into their city, when they come into yours. And there's an extra little buzz about the game. And uh, that, it's going to be that way for years now between the Sharks and the Golden Knights. Because let's not forget, they, you know, of course, the seven-game playoff series sort of cemented that last year with the way that it went, with the, with the fact that they had a three-games-to-one lead, that they, they had a 3 nothing lead in Game 7. I mean, we've got people, I swear, in Vegas for, for the opening game. There were Sharks fans walking in there into that cauldron-like atmosphere with T-shirts, and the front of the T-shirt said, Vegas, three sharks, nothing, 10 minutes to go in the third period. The back had the final score on God. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, the, the, those T-shirts are selling like hotcakes in San Jose. So, um, yeah, they lost the two games. Okay, that's the start of the year. But nobody's going to forget that. And nobody's going to forget the year before either when they played in the second round and when Vegas beat the Sharks in a pretty hotly contested series. And then you've got... You know, the personal rivalry between Evander Kane and uh, and Ryan Reeves, that's, that's been something that's gone through that playoff series. And yep. I, In fact, I was, we were just talking to Kane in, in uh, practice today as he's coming off suspension, and he said that uh, uh, he's uh, happy to get all the publicity. He says, I don't have much to say about Ryan Reeves, but he can talk about me all he wants, and so he's goading him on that. I mean, it's just great stuff. And everybody really loves a good, solid rival. The Sharks will always have an intense natural rivalry with Anaheim and with Los Angeles, certainly. They've had great playoff series with them, but Vegas is just another one, and so it just makes the division better. You know, it's, it is it is fun to see these rivalries uh, develop. And, and, Dan, we got time for one more question, and what I want to ask you is, what you know, we're, we're certainly familiar with the names of the you know uh, of the Thorntons and the you know and and the Carlsons and all that. What name should we be looking for that we may not be as familiar with when the Sharks hit the ice tomorrow night at Bridgestone Arena? Well, there are a number of names you can look for. One that I'll point out is Mario Ferraro. He's a defenseman who played college hockey for Greg Carville, whom you may be familiar with. He was a uh, a former NHL assistant coach in a couple of cities, including Ottawa and Anaheim. I knew him when he coached my alma mater at St. Lawrence. and still obviously know him. He's at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And uh, Mario Ferraro's D partner for at least part of the two years that he played there was a guy I think that we're all becoming familiar with in the Western Conference named Kale McCarr, who plays for the Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that, um, sticking with McCarr for a second, he is uh, an up-and-coming star in the league the way that he looked against the Sharks in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see how that all develops, as we all know it does. But Ferraro knows how to play with great players. That's the whole point. Um, he knows how to, to be uh, that type of a figure. He's totally not a big guy. He's totally unafraid. He was going at it with Ryan Reeves in the preseason and the regular season. Um, and, he, you know, getting hit, but also knowing how to avoid those checks. Uh, his last game against, uh, against Anaheim, he decided that he would take matters into his own hands to a degree, throw through a couple of good body checks. For a guy his size, he's not afraid to do that. He tries to make the smart play all the time. And he, he seems to react well to the speed. I can tell you that getting to know him a little bit, he's a really enthusiastic guy. He's somebody that people on the radio are going to love to hear from because he, he's talkative, he's educated, he's somebody that understands exactly what needs to be done. And 
looking at him physically, he is one of the better conditioned people that you'll see. Works really hard and has a strong engine. So that's one guy you could look for. Another player, too, um, I don't think he's going to be playing tomorrow, but, uh, but Leon Bergman just celebrated his 21st birthday, and we were kidding him about it because all of these Sharks rookies are um, on planet Earth fewer number of years than Joe Thornton's been in the NHL. Oh, that's that's an interesting thought. Yeah, he's, he's starting his 22nd year, and they're all 21 and 20. Wow. So that's interesting. But, um, but this guy, Leon Bergman, is getting used to North American-style hockey. He's somebody that was impressive in preseason with his skating ability, the fact that he can play a, a somewhat of a power-type role, um, although a little bit more limited. He's somebody that I think is going to help the team, too. So those are, those are two names, I think, that you can look for. For tomorrow's game, though, I'd focus on Ferraro. And uh, he's somebody that, uh, that I think really can, um, can help this team get better. The third one I was going to mention probably isn't playing either. That's Daniel Yurtaikin, which is a broadcaster's dream as far as I'm concerned to call that name. But he's uh, somebody that's from, has played in the far east of Russia. A lot of people don't know where Khabarovsky is, but that's where Alexander Mogilny is from. And okay. Where, uh, he played some of his hockey. And he's somebody that has a lot of skill, a lot of vision on the ice. But the issue with him, obviously, pro- well, maybe not so obviously for anybody listening, but he's still learning the English language and yet he still is playing at this level, which tells you exactly how intelligent and focused a guy that he is. So those are a couple of names to look for that, that people don't know. And I'd say tomorrow in Nashville, the one you should look out for is Mario Ferraro. Well, and thank you, because those were a couple of names that I wasn't sure how to pronounce. So if, uh, if, they, come out in the, you know, if they come out and I have to announce the name as the PA guy, I'll be able to actually pronounce it. And thank you to you for that, Dan. So, uh, Dan, Always happy to help. <laughs> we, are, we are up against a break. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We certainly appreciate you helping us out here. And uh, good luck going forward. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night at Bridgestone Arena. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Dan Rosanowski, the radio voice of the San Jose Sarks, joining us tonight on Slapshot Radio right here on ESPN 1025. I'm, I, you know what? I almost played some rock and roll. I almost took Haley's job. On 1025, the game will be right back right after this. Oh, yeah. Kenny on the wheels of steel. Watch out. Good stuff. Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025, the game. And you know what? Before we get back, I do want to tell you about another one of the latest additions to the Slapshot Radio advertiser family. It's Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is a hidden gem in Cool Springs. It's the largest wine and spirits retailer in Middle Tennessee. You heard what I said, the largest wine and spirits retailer in Middle Tennessee dedicated to offering the best selection, knowledgeable staff, and most importantly, the most competitive pricing in town. If you find a lower advertised price, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits will match it, period, end of story. They're the only choice for your benef- uh, for your beverage needs. And you know they've got some new local ownership. They're located over at th- 1935 Mallory Lane, right next to Academy Sports. And believe me, they are absolutely worth the trip. The best prices, the best service, and free delivery on bulk orders. Not a better choice for your adult beverage needs. Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Give them a call at 615-771-7436 or check them out online at coolspringswines.com. Reimagine what a wine and spirits store should be. Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. So, boys, big game. I'm sorry. I think tomorrow is a pretty good, a, an important game for this Nashville Predators team. How do they bounce back after the loss to Detroit? Um... And also, how do they kind of avoid 
it seems like in every in the first two games, there has been that little time period where it just seems to be a letdown. Uh, we saw it in, Minnesota, in the Minnesota game in the second period where two goals in a minute and 25 seconds go in. Kind of saw the same thing against Detroit. Um, Coach, first off, I mean, how do you adjust when things like that happen? What do you do with your team? You just, you have to, they have to be prepared before the game to understand that you're not going to have a a 60 minute full game by everybody. So the the people that let you down at times, everybody has to pick themselves up and and help the other players and not have those, those lulls in the game. So right now I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about tomorrow night only because the players will be ready, but. The San Jose Sharks are in a bad mood. They had, they had a great practice today. They're they're going full speed, and, and Dan was telling us about that. And I just think they're gonna. It's gonna be a a tough, close, hard nosed game. There's gonna be a lot of shoving and pushing after whistles and a lot of things like that. They just can't play Vegas twice, so it's gonna be a, you know, they're 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 they had to play tough. They get they get Kane back tomorrow, which is a big a big, big lift. Big lift. Them. Yep. So they they just have, we just have to make sure that we're ready and play our game. And we and we t- nullify what what they do best. They do best is Carlson and Burns on the point. You got to take care of those two guys, and they're going to be on separate separate twosomes or separate defense pairings. But I still think the last five minutes of every game, you get some or every period, he gets both of them out there together, and they get out there together enough. But they're he's a he's a great player, Erickson. And then you got to get you got to get uh, take care of Brett Burns. He scores the most. He's, he scores the most points every year. By defenseman, every year he gets 70 to 80 points. That's unbelievable for a defenseman these days. You know what, Zach, and and and, and Coach brings up the point about uh, Carlson and Burns. It took them a little while last year to figure out there was only one puck on the ice. But once <laughs> they figured that out, this was a this was a team that really put it together. Um, you know, this this defense is uh, is is lethal from an offensive perspective. No doubt. I mean, San Jose is usually ranked towards the top whenever you look at a list of rankings of defenses in the NHL, and with good reason. The potential that this defense carries is purely astronomical, really. But really, the thing that this Nashville Predators team has to watch out, I think there are two things they have to watch out for. One, it's hard to find a desperate hockey team this early in the season, but when you're facing down 0-4, it's not going to get much more desperate than that. And secondly... It's kind of carrying over from last year, but this team is starting to show that old proclivity for taking dumb penalties at the worst time. You've seen it in both games so far. You saw just a terrible penalty from Rocco Grimaldi in the first game. You saw some just ill-advised penalties in that second game, and you really are just momentum killers. And when you have players of the caliber that San Jose has, your Carlsons, your Burns, your Couture's, your Myers, the list goes on. You cannot give them those opportunities because your team is only going to save you so much when you're on the penalty kill against that caliber of player when you look at the you you do look at their special teams and this is a team that has always had excellent special teams there's no question about that uh yeah this is one of those ones that you look at and go oh boy you know i personally was hoping for you know a cup you know two wins to get the season started get yourself on a little bit of a roll when you when, when san jose comes in you know, you, you, you've got a little roll and things are going well. I think, you know, obviously a little bit of a bump in the road on Saturday night, you know, and then doggone it, this team isn't going to go 82-0. and 0. But, um, I mean, when you look at, especially the competition coming this week, and I'm, you know, even looking ahead to Thursday night a little bit, when you look at this, uh, when you look at San Jose and you've got the Washington Capitals coming in on Thursday night, this is not an easy series of games right here before they head out of town. Well, you're right in that. 
Zach said it best. The San Jose Sharks are they're motivated right now and they're very very desperate. And then, like you said, fourth game in and everybody's always worried about the playoffs already and they got to be winning. You got to be there, and that's just the way it is. And the, Points count just as much now as right. they do in April. And it's, this is what the NHL is all about. They start the coaches are who are down to o three o two. Yeah, and the other teams are up to two o and three o. Everybody's going. We got to catch up those guys, and and everybody's there's so many. There's only six, eight teams that make each each conference final or each conference. And you're already down six points, to teams. You're going to be desperate, and if you're not desperate, you're not. You shouldn't be in the game. But they got a tough road to hoe. But I think we we will we always play good against San. That's another factor. Yeah, we always play good at home against San Jose. We we dominate them here. They dominate us there. But yeah. we do a good job here on them. And I just hope that continues because we need, we're going to need to be ready for them tomorrow night. And, and you know, and, and again, I just look at it. I, I I mean, it was funny. I just took a peek at the standings and seeing the San Jose Sharks at the bottom of the conference is shocking and the other thing is i mean look there's a couple of other little surprises going on here edmonton is off to a good start at at, at two and up you know what they are yes no doubt but fool's gold <laughs> it, it, is it Absolutely. but again when you look at something like this confidence is everything in this and edmonton has gotten off to bad starts in the past, really, since McDavid has gotten there, yeah, and they got goaltending now too. Or they, or, you know, Mike Smith. I think Mike Smith is better goalie than they've had before. I, I would and agree with that. Better sure. than they've had. That's yeah. for certain. And yeah. now, and now they've got a coach who loves a defensive style. Yep. Dave Tivitt is defensive coach, what? but he's still going to let he's going to let a, a McDavid go. And Drysidle's. But let's not there. act like they've been beating. You know the the. Oilers from the 70s. I mean, they beat L.A. and Vancouver. These are two teams right. who are projected right. to be in the bottom of that conference. You're right. But, but again. I know, hey, every game counts for two points, and I get that. It's that momentum thing. It's that they feel good. They've gotten two wins to start off the sure. year. They're not going, holy hell, here we go again. That's exactly you right. Know? And I think that's important to a team. It's certainly important. It also doesn't change the fact that the wingers around McDavid and Dreisaitl probably wouldn't necessarily compete in the AHL on most teams. And, you know, again. But all their players, are their, their defense is a year older. Everybody's a year older and a little bit better. And the guys that they, they draft high, because mm-hmm. they've been drafting high for so long. Yeah, no kidding. They, they, they're they a little bit better. But you're right. They're not, they're, they're having beat, they're not, haven't been world beaters, but they at least have gotten starting off right. And they're going to they're gonna be just fine. I, I, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I mean, you know, Vegas obviously off to a 2-0 start. Anaheim off to a two and zero start. Interesting to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, the new coaches are coming in and doing work in doing, every yeah. situation. No question about that. But uh, you know, one of the things I want to take a look at is um, you, you look at Chicago loses in uh, you know in um, wherever they were over in uh, whatever in they were in, in Prague. Prague. That's right. Prague. It loses the Philadelphia uh, over in Prague and. One game? I know that's crazy, eh? That just I'd like makes, it flies ten hours for one game. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's I like mean, they used to go on the bus on the juniors. We used to go fifteen hours, play the game, and fifteen hours back. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, interesting one as far as that goes. And and you look in the Central Division right now. I mean, Colorado off to a two and zero start. St. Louis off to a one zero and one start. Um, you know, had to be a little bit distressed at getting such a great start off of the the Stanley Cup celebration, and then blowing it and losing in overtime. But turning around and getting you know getting a solid win over Dallas, um, and you know the Dallas Stars are another one I look at and go, 
they're getting scoring, but once again, their defense and their goaltending isn't there. But you know what? And yes, Dallas has not looked good, but to my eye test, they are not the worst team in this conference. And I think that title belongs to the Winnipeg Jets because that defense looks historically division, bad mean, right now. Division, yeah. In the division, yeah. Oh, yeah. Division? Okay. Yep. No, I, yeah, I would agree with you. I think they got lucky. On the one, uh, you know, the offense saved them, and you know, and honestly, the jer- the Devils just gave it up, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, this is a team that you kind of look at and go, you know, Hellebuck doesn't look better, and you can tell the loss of Bufflin, the loss of Meyer, everything that they've had that blue line has just been decimated by. It's coming to fruition right now, and that offense is going to keep them in it. But I'm feeling pretty good about my prediction with Winnipeg struggling, is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll have to see on that. Hey, you know what? We're up against a break, but I do want to talk to you about our good friend Carter Church with Weikart Realtors, the Andrews Group. You know, Carter is a great guy. I will tell you right now. Uh, I got to know him a little bit as we worked together with the Predators, and Carter knows his stuff. Um, he is the, the right guy to get your home sold in this fast-paced market. And quite frankly, this market is starting to change a little bit from a, from a real estate perspective. It's getting a little bit more difficult. You need someone good in your corner like Carter Church. You call him today at 615-429-2044. That's 615-429-2044. Carter Church is your real estate professional if you're buying or if you're selling, you make sure you call Carter at Whitecart Realtors, the Andrews Group, and we will be right back here on Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025, The Game. Back here on Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025, The Game, streaming live on the Game Nashville app. Paul McCann, Zach McCann, Brent Peterson coming at you with Hockey Talk on a Monday night. Now, remember, we're at 8 o'clock Every Monday night until Thanksgiving week, and then we'll settle back into our 7 p.m., normal 7 p.m. time slot. But uh, right now, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, the rest of the conference, the rest of the division. I do want to talk a little bit, you know, the Preds take off Friday morning, get out of here for the West Coast, uh, three games out West. Um, Coach, one of the things that, you know, I remember hearing Barry Trotz talk about a lot. I've heard you talk about it. That first road trip, being able to get the boys away for six, seven games and really making a difference in the team building. Talk a little bit about what you try and accomplish on that first road trip. Well, it, it, we never had four home games before, so it, how they play the next two games is going to be very impactful on how, they, how, they, how their attitude is going on on the road. They should be ready every night. But when we, tried, when we went on the road trip, we tried to get the night before the first road game, we always go together as a, as a team to dinner. And that just sort of gets everybody together and everybody, we, nothing's said. Nobody gets up and gives great speeches or anything, but we just make sure that everybody knows where we're going and where we're going to be. And it's always kind of funny that the team picks up the tab and these guys are making seven, eight million dollars and they, <laughs> and they, they always expect the team, but the team always does that for them. And then, they, and then they, we play a game right away. And then if you have a day off or two, you always try to put the game, a game of bowling or a curling when we're in Canada or things like that. One one team building situation where you can get the guys, get them on the right track, and just get everybody pulling the, the boat the same way. Yeah, it's absolutely interesting when you have those early teammate, those early road trips. And I certainly remember a lot of those times during those CMA road trips, as right. they became known as. This team would always come back extremely strong after those, and usually posting those good early season records. I mean, it's hard to point to a lot of times when this team has gotten off to a truly bad start, and I think you can attribute it to those early road trips. 
Yeah, we 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 always got off to good starts, and uh, like the one year we were in it, nine and zero, and we lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it took us. We took Columbus out three times in a row, and we just were we were we were doing really really well. And and that and Peter since he's been here his fifth year or sixth year here, mm-hmm. he's done a real good job of getting the team off to the good starts and getting the team together on the road. Peter does an unbelievable job or unbelievable things for the guys to to focus in on there, make sure that their their team is together. And they're doing the right things. He's always been a very good motivator that way, and he always has team events going on. He invites everybody, and he does a good job with the team that way. Well, that's how Laviolette's made his living for years. Exactly. He's always had that you know, notoriety as someone who was always an excellent motivator and brings his teams together. And it's honestly been a knock against him that it seems like he's had a short shelf life in most places because of that. But it seems to be a different case here in Nashville. Yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's a good coach, and he, he knows the game. He doesn't. He could walk down the hall and he could walk right by you because he's focusing on the game that night. Mm-hmm. But he's a he's a good coach. He knows who he knows his players very well. He knows what's going on with them, and he does a good job of building relationships with all his players one on one, where he can call them in and he can, he can yell at them in the room and they and go out and they can be going in the right direction. That's what Peter does a good job of. It it is it is fascinating to watch that because the beginning of the season obviously is so important to set the tone for what you want going forward and hopefully can build off of that when you do that but when you when you look at this first road trip i mean you got to figure you're heading out you you know you got to you're going to los angeles and a quick note on that los angeles game if you're looking for a place to watch that los angeles game join me for the first predators watch party of the season at top golf we're doing giveaways we're having a lot of fun that day so come on down to top golf do a little swing to the golf club and watch the pred stick on the kings i teed that one up Ah, see what I did there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no, and that and that is true. Zach is the the host of the watch party, so the first one is this Saturday for uh, the. Uh, it's a five o'clock face off. I it think it is indeed. So going to be a good one. Make sure you you know, come on out to Top Golf and have fun with Zach and the watch party. So, but with this Los Angeles King team, this is expected to be a down year for the Los Angeles Kings. Um, now, I don't think that's the expectation of the fan base there, but this hasn't been a very good team over the last couple of years. And they hoped that the addition of uh, of an Ilya Kovalchuk last year was going to help. This that is, didn't. It's an old team that keeps getting older. And slower and older is right. Slower and older. They're, they're almost like Minnesota the other night. Koivu looked like he was ready to die in the end of the game there. And he was, <laughs> he was just like, he was, he was just... He, that's he the first going, time I've seen Miku Koivu look old. That's and right. He looked old, and that and he's probably will get better as the year goes on. But he was he was he was dying at the end of the game there, mm-hmm. trying to get back to the bench a couple of times. Yep. And then yep. this LA team has has not done any, they haven't done anything, and they you know they made a few minor changes, but right. it's still Kopitar down the middle with Brown and whoever, mm-hmm. and they just they're just they're just old. They're just they're just not ready to. They can't compete with teams like Detroit to go in there and. All their kids are all excited to play, and they go full speed, and they yeah. they cause problems with your with your team when they're going at, coming at you full speed. So, and I really think that the LA Kings have got a chance of being the dead last in the league. It's the difference between accepting where you're at and rebuilding, and the false hope of hanging on your laurels and contention. And there's such a big there's such a big uh, commodity, a big thing there that they they have to they have to win right now. And and mm-hmm. I feel sorry for my buddy there, a new coach in there, and he's got he's got to win, but he has to also develop 
the same time, and that's hard to do. Yeah, you, you it, can't it, develop in the NHL. You got to develop yeah. down in the minors, bring them up, let them play when they're ready to play. It's hard to paint the yep. train when it's flying down the tracks. That's There's exactly no question right. about that. <laughs> that's a good so, way to put it. So when you, when you look at uh, you know you look at the road trip that's coming up because there's also a trip out to Arizona, finishing up in Vegas. I mean, this is, I mean, you know, the first game is probably going to be the easiest game out of the three, if you want to call it that. You're right. You're exactly right. And I mean, look, let's face it. Los Angeles will still try and, and, you know, they still bring the body. Mm -hmm. They may not have the speed that they've had previously, but they still have the physicality. They're they're still a fairly large team. And Mike Quick can certainly steal a game for you between the pipes. So by no means do I think Saturday night's a walkover, but... You got two tough games following after it. Isn't that a Saturday afternoon start there in, yep. in LA? Five yeah, o'clock in that's LA. That's a quick turnover too. Yep. You fly, you fly all day on Friday. You get, you play a seven o'clock game here. Yeah, and then you fly all day Friday, and you get there, and you have no morning skate, no no way to get loosened up, and and you go right from the plane to the hotel. You sleep a little bit, and then you go to the game in the afternoon. I love afternoon games. But not when you just play Thursday night at home, yep. a million miles away. So you want to make sure. I know, but don't you got to be ready to go. Isn't there less? But you know what's funny is that nowadays I, they don't care; they just play. You yes, know exactly. Do you just do you just shove it aside and go? You know what? It is what it is. Let's go. It's early in the season. We can get this done. And honestly, that's maybe how you it's have better. To, that's how you have to act. And I I was wrong when I used to be a coach. I say, well, that's a terrible, that's a terrible schedule we just got. We just we got to play. Thursday night against the Capitals, and we'll give her everything we got, and we'll have nothing left, and we'll play Saturday afternoon in L.A., yep. and we'll lose a game we shouldn't lose. But nowadays they just play, they just go play, and they have fun, and they and they do a good job of that. Peter does a good job of getting the guys focused right away. And then it's- we used to have a, we used to complain about it. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. You might as well just go play and have some fun. And then it's a pick your poison of where do you want your day off? Exactly. LA or Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. There's uh, the there's the I, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I'm probably if I'm the coach, I'm picking LA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, if I'm the players, I'm like, let's get to Vegas, baby. <laughs> I mean, and I that's can... a team you cannot take lightly because my word, does that top six look positively oh. lethal and I... positively confident too? Mm-hmm. Like Marshall Soul was on the other night with a guy and they were they lit it up. Do they do they go or they go with speed? They go with they, everything they got. The five guys up the ice, five guys back. They don't top, give you any room, and then you got good defensemen and good goaltending. You know, I, that's a great that's a great team. There, I almost feel sorry for the new GM of the of of, of the Seattle Ronnie Kraken. Francis. Yeah. I almost feel sorry for it because <laughs> well, he be the right. bar has been set so high, impossibly high. Ronnie better go down and and have a spend weeks with uh, with. Uh, the you guys, McPhee. McPhee and, and yeah, and find out hey, what did you do, how did you do it, where yeah, did you do exactly. it? Exactly, come see and then come see David and see the difference between the twenty years ago and what they're what how Vegas did it and the, the rules are different now. So, but I spend as much time with uh, Mr. McPhee as I could if I'm a new GM coming into the league because they set the bar really high. Oh, and, and they've got their the third year and they got a great team already. They went to the finals. They got beat out by a team that was they were down they're up three one two. And they lost it, and it would just have to be Pavelski had a great last couple of game, last game or whatever. And now they've got a great team again, and they 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 dominated every they dominated yep, both yep. games. So well, it's gonna be a good. After after Pavelski did his Willis Reed impersonation, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. after just getting completely blown up, yep. it's going to be, you know, there, there's some good hockey coming up in Smashville this week. Games tomorrow night, game on Thursday night, and then they're out for a week. So you know what? Get down to the bridge. It's going to be a good one tomorrow night. Make sure you come and join us, Brent. 
Zach, again, as always, great time tonight. Thanks for joining us for Slapshot Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. A big thank you to our guest, Dan Rosanowski. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Carter Church from Whitecart Realtors, the Andrews Group, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits on Moores Lane and Cool Springs, and Lazy Boy Furniture Gallery's three locally owned Middle Tennessee locations. When you visit one of our sponsors, make sure you tell them you heard about them on Slapshot Radio and thank them for their support. For our producer, the one and only Kenny, our co-host Brent Peterson and Zach McCann, I'm Paul McCann saying good night. Thanks, Paul. And good hockey.